anything wrong in this situation. He took a pinch in the back. He got beamed for crying out loud. We used heart attack. Please. Managers on a major league baseball team don't make decisions. Credibility in this situation is worse than losing your job. Was it over with the Germans bomb Pearl Harbor? The castration of the major league baseball managers. We know it. Ask me about my winner. As soon as tonight, we might be able to know who the next World Series champion is. It could be the 2-3 and three Houston Astros in World Series play. Or we could find out perhaps a day later, that is the now 3-5 and five in World Series play, Philadelphia Phillies. A World Series that, uh, for the first time, features two teams that happen to play each other in a league championship series before. That's never happened. And, of course, the Astros and the Brewers are the only teams that have switched leagues. So the Astros and the Phillies played in the NLCS in 1980, series that the Phillies won and they end up winning the World Series, only time that's happened in baseball history. I spent a little bit on the last show that I uh, hosted talking about Jim Irsay and the owner of the Colts kind of meddling a little too much. And it looks like he's he's made a decision for an organization that I believe has quit. And something that I'm looking at, and I can't really find a precedence in it, I don't think I've ever seen a team 3-3 three and three in a, still in the early enough portion of a season with a weak division just up and quit the way the Indianapolis Colts have. And this is a team that's going to, it's going to be tough to see anything as the season goes on to believe, unless Sam Erlinger somehow becomes the next Joe Montana, somehow he becomes the next Johnny Unitas, the next uh, Peyton Manning, the next Andrew Luck before he got hurt. Do the Colts really believe that? And I think that's one of the more important things that I want to have discussed because I haven't heard too much about it. Yes, quarterback change, a lot's on Matt Ryan. He's, he's older now. He's not what he was back in his time with the uh, Atlanta Falcons. Sometimes a player can play at a high level for a really long time and all of a sudden just doesn't have it anymore. All that could be true about Matt Ryan, but still does not excuse the Indianapolis Colts from up and quitting. And as you look at that division, the Tennessee Titans have taken advantage. They've won their last five games. They're in a position where it's really their division to lose, kind of like it was last year. You know, a lot of people disregarded or kind of shoved to the side the Titans and their really good regular season they had last year. And, of course, they lost their first playoff game after a first-round bye to the Cincinnati Bengals, the team that happened to make it to the Super Bowl last year. But the division still does look weak. Not a lot of people are in love with the Titans. You don't know who's going to be their quarterback come Sunday. Ryan Tannehill's nursing an ankle injury. You saw Malik Willis last week. Um, kind of a very uh, on-the-leash Malik Willis. Didn't throw the ball too much. Uh, they ran the ball with Derrick Henry for over 200 yards. Got 80 yards from Dontrell Hilliard, his backup. So if you're going to run for over 300 yards in a football game, you're likely to win. And it doesn't matter who your quarterback is. You don't need anything from your quarterback at that moment. Malik Willis, if he's under center again, hey, we'll see. We'll see if he gets a chance to throw the ball a little bit. But that's not my point. It's not what I want to get into today. I'm looking at the Colts, and I think they have a good history. This is a proud football team, one that goes back to the days of the NFL. 
of course, switching to the, the AFC after a little while, which they're known as. And it, you think of luck. You certainly think of Peyton Manning and his dominance with Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne and Tony Dungy. And you wonder, who makes that decision, first of all, that you just up and quit in the middle of the season? And we're going to mention quit. It's going to be one of the themes of this show as we move on forward today. The Colts quit with a 3-3 record, and that bothers me. Is that on the general manager, Chris Ballard? Is it on the coach, Frank Reich? Because in in the end, they still want employment. They don't want to lose their job. So there's a fear that exists in that organization, and you've seen many examples of owners meddling in very few instances where it ends up becoming a good thing. And if there's something that has to change in Indianapolis with the Colts, might not be the general manager, might not be the coach. You could try the quarterback again. How many different quarterbacks are you going to go to since Andrew Luck hasn't been there before? You know, since he retired. Look at the likes of Jacoby Brissett, who held the position down adequately. Then there was Philip Rivers, there for one year and retired. Then he went to Carson Wentz. Whole debacle at the end of the season last year. If you look back at Carson Wentz's numbers, really weren't that bad last year. You know, they forced him out, they traded him. Big hopes, high hopes for Matt Ryan, right? Kind of didn't work out. Matt Ryan wasn't the same player. So now you're going with Sam Erlinger. Not a lot of uh, promise when you're talking about this guy being a solid quarterback in the future in the National Football League. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he goes out there and leads the Colts to victory. But this is a move that seems like there's a lot of quit showing. I look at Kyrie Irving, and I try to come up with a POV, um, a take that I haven't heard too much. Everybody's got to get their two cents in you know, about Kyrie Irving. And listen, Kyrie has become a distraction not only to his team but to himself to his own brand. It's going to be hard to think of whether it's a shoe company or anybody that wants to endorse or have Kyrie inverse, uh, you know, um, show show the likes of their item to the world. You don't want him representing your brand. And Kyrie shared those clips from a very racist movie. Um, Basically, by sharing it, says, hey, you know, I endorse this. Um, a guy that thinks he's very smart, you know, an intellectual. And I, I bring this up because, you know, I know a couple intellectuals. I've done research on the mind of an intellectual. I will never be one. But an intellectual tends to think very deep into things. And before they say it, before they share it, There's these third, fourth, and fifth dimensions into the layers of the thought that they're trying to put out there. And if Kyrie Irving was, as Michael Wilbon called him, Frederick Douglass, like he claims to be in his own mind, he would have seen the repercussions of the hate that is thrown out there in this movie and would have better stated what his point whatever it is that he wanted to say. So he's not an intellectual. That's not what I want to talk about in regards to Kyrie. In fact, I'm going to take a different stance on him. 
Now, he was forced by the Brooklyn Nets with a suspension. Said, hey, you're not going to play basketball. You're not going to get paid. Um, we're giving you every opportunity on your own to go out there and apologize specifically, um, making exact references to what is hateful and to condemn hate speech, to condemn anti-Semitism, all different things that he refused to do on his own. And there's nobody, it's not like there's nobody whispering in his ear as this is going on. He has multiple press conferences, multiple opportunities to condemn anti-Semitism, to condemn the hate that's in the video, and say the right thing. And he doesn't. He doesn't until he is suspended. And once he's suspended, he goes out there and he apologizes. He has a he, he says all the right words, whether that's his own words or help that he got. He could say it's his own words, and I'll believe him. He said all the right things. And the bottom line is he expressed remorse and re, uh, expressed a sincere, apologetic nature to the harm that it could have caused and did cause to people of Jewish descent. And guess what? I accept the apology. I hope many in the Jewish community accept the apology. But if somebody is contrite, it's an understanding about what they have learned over a series of time. And that's all we are. We evolve. We learn different things. We think some things are portrayed differently and then we hear a different point of view and we're able to change our own ways. And where am I getting with this? Robert Sarver, the owner of the Phoenix Suns, basically pushed out of the sport. Um, I said, I stated earlier, it would be very hard for him to continue his day-to-day -day operations as the owner of the Phoenix Suns, whether it's through a suspension of one year or even if the suspension was longer. It's going to be very hard for the people that work for Robert Sarver to look him in the eye after knowing the things that he said. But Robert Sarver did apologize. Robert Sarver deserves the same opportunity to evolve and learn as Kyrie Irving. And if I'm going to accept Kyrie Irving's apology, which I, I feel it, I feel like he's learned. I feel like he understands the magnitude of what was portrayed in that video. And he condemned anti-Semitism. He condemned the racist nature of what it is that he said and the mistakes that were involved in there. Now you might say Kyrie Irving never said any of that. He basically co-signed on it. It wasn't his own words. He didn't say it himself. Everything that Robert Sarver said and was contained in those documents by the research that was done by the National Basketball Association came out of Robert Sarver's mouth, and that was his statement that he owns everything that he said he owns. But he owned it in his apology. And my question to you is, in a society where we want to be as inclusive as possible, and condemn hate, condemn racism, condemn all everything that is done negatively that impacts entire groups of people.
Can we accept education and people learning from their mistakes? I've done a ton of research on Jackie Robinson, not just Jackie Robinson, the ball player, Jackie Robinson, the man, but a lot of understanding of the vitriol and the hate that existed in the time of the Jim Crow South, in a time where racism was running more rampant in the country than it is right now. And there are ancestors of many white people, many white people that condemn racism, don't share beliefs that racism is okay, but at some point in their relative's life, there was racism. There was racist thoughts. There was racist people. There were racist statements made. And over generations, more people have learned. And, and a, lot of, a lot of examples of this being accepted is learning what happened in the past was wrong and I'm going to make the right decision going forward. What my grandfather said is not what I believe. And for the most part, that person is accepted. All right, you're not racist. You didn't say anything racist. We're happy that you learned and evolved through the generations. That's what you're hoping happens with Robert Sarver. You're hoping that he becomes a better person. He's going to have to own what he said the rest of his life. Kyrie Irving, not quite to the level of Robert Sarver, is going to have to own this moment in addition to a lot of other transgressions and mistakes and bad judgments that he has had. In his time with the Brooklyn Nets alone. And my point is, is if somebody does issue a sincere apology and makes the adjustments throughout the course of their life, should they be forgiven? Like I said, you're never going to not know. And sorry for the stupid double negative there, but I, I felt like I had to say it this way. About Robert Sarver's comments. Robert Sarver believed what he believed at some point. He has said he is sorry. He has said he's contrite. He has said that he has learned and is going to become a better person. I believe he deserves that opportunity to become a better person. Now, like I said, it's hard for him to own a professional basketball team that has X amount of black employees, including the players and coaches and general manager. That would have been very difficult to do. He should have the opportunity to live his life going forward and be a different person if he claims to be. And if Kyrie Irving is contrite in his apology, I believe that he deserves that same right to become a better person, um, to hopefully show that he cares about the Jewish community, show that he's not racist, and I made this statement before, and this was before the suspension was issued to Kyrie Irving. If a racist owner is not allowed to own a basketball team, then a racist player should not be allowed to play basketball. And I'm glad this at least has seemed to turn the corner, and I look forward to the next steps that Kyrie Irving makes to become a better human being, which I believe he can be, as I believe Robert Sarver can be. So Brandon Cooks, a wide receiver for the Houston Texans, was 
in a position where he was expecting to be traded, whether it was to the Super Bowl champion Rams, right? Whether it is another contending team that was making a run for the postseason. Me as a Tennessee Titan fan would have loved to have Brandon Cooks uh, on my favorite team squad. But the bottom line was that didn't happen. And you ask yourself why. Why didn't it happen? Maybe the Houston Texans were expecting a little too much in return for Brandon Cooks. Maybe in the end, there just wasn't that much interest. You heard some discussions with the Cowboys, the Rams, a couple other teams, and nothing ended up transpiring. Trading deadline goes by. Brandon Cooks is still on the Houston Texans. And all of a sudden, you hear that Brandon Cooks isn't playing Thursday night in their game against the Philadelphia Eagles. My first reaction was Brandon Cooks out. Designation does not want to play. And all of a sudden, I think of James Harden. James Harden's decision with the Houston Rockets, which I still, well over a year later, have not forgiven him for his decision to just not play anymore for the Houston Rockets. I'm not going to play until you agree to trade me. Player making $40 million a year has the balls to be able to do that. Brandon Cooks, in nowhere close, is in the same league as James Harden. A good receiver, but is not an all-star. James Harden's going to the Hall of Fame. I don't really think that James Harden's one of the best players in basketball, but he's had a great career. Similar to Russell Westbrook, going in a Hall of Fame. You know, to go into the Basketball Hall of Fame means you got to be a pretty freaking good player. Brandon Cooks has never earned the right to say, I'm not going to play. And his quit was showing. Pretty similar to Jim Ursay and his message to the Colts to just give up on this season. What made this and turned this into a good ending was that after the game, on Thursday, Lovey Smith, the coach of the Houston Texans, took ownership to it. Said, hey, Brandon is going through a lot, was expecting a trade, was not in the right frame of mind to play. I was the one that decided he was not playing. Great job. That's a great job by his coach, sticking up for his player and putting it on him. Making this story go away. And when Brandon Cook showed up at practice, whether it was Friday after the game, that to me showed that I'm willing to forgive Brandon Cooks. I'm willing to forgive Brandon Cooks. I'm willing to forgive Kyrie Irving. I'm willing to forgive Robert Sarver. If they're sorry, and obviously you're talking about three completely and distinct different things, being contrite and being remorseful and making an attempt to become a better human being. I'm down for that. This is the Past Ball Show brought to you by JohnPLA.com by St. Alwish's Church in Jackson, New Jersey by two ways. One passion food truck located in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Hopefully we'll be back with you next week. Um, if I could get a little more attention, if people could click on my videos or my podcast a little bit more, I'll do live shows. I don't care. In order to do live shows, there has to be somebody actually there watching. So we will consider that as we move forward. God bless you. And as always, I'll see you on the other side. was on the Chicago Cubs roster opening day. I have many leather-bound books 
my apartment smells of rich mahogany. Why don't you give it all or a majority of it to the team that wins the freaking World Series? I was going to listen to that, but then I just carried on living my life. I may come out as the biggest Major League Baseball manager apologist. That'll only make someone work just hard enough not to get fired. Because hitters are going out there saying, I'm either going to hit a home run or I'm going to strike out. And if I don't get a pitch that I feel like I could drive out of the park. I'm not even supposed to be here today. Especially prospect whores and hoarders are going to be a little pissed off at me when I say this. I'm a dude playing the dude disguises another dude. There are only two managers in baseball's Hall of Fame who have losing records. One of them is the iconic Tony Mack, who you could say, in spite of winning five World Series championships as a manager, could be in as much as a pioneer. And what side of the spectrum they're on? Were they pitching? Were they batting? If your favorite team was pitching and a ball got inside and hit a batter, there's no way it could have been on purpose. But if you were a fan of the team that was batting and a ball got inside and hit somebody or went behind somebody's head, absolutely 100%, unequivocally, that pitcher was throwing at They put their tail between their legs and decided they're going to do exactly what they're told. You damn well right better give him a contract extension. You damn well right better make him the manager over the next series of years. 35 years ago, I could have loaned your parents the money for an abortion.